Footy and frothies, the finals, or the first week of the finals are in the books. Daggy, Barney and Ollie with you to look back on all of it. Enjoy the weekend. Yeah, I thought it was a overall like a really high quality weekend of rugby league as we sort of predicted it would be coming into the finals. But it's good to see that all games pretty much stood up to that at least to an extent. And we weren't just getting your normal hodgepodge of shit really so it was good to yeah see the high quality matchups and the the close games yeah it was nice to um i guess well last year what we had two two bundled out straight away that were never yep. going to win basically so although that said the titans came close um barney yeah what'd you make of the weekend oh superb weekend of footy mate i enjoyed pretty much every minute of it even some of the the, the niggle and rubbish which sort of took away from the game a little bit and on the, the last one on the sunday but i thought it was a fantastic weekend of footy um bit of heartbreak obviously for me on the Saturday night but I don't think there was more than probably overall 10 or 15 minutes of poor footy played for the entire weekend which is you know testament to how good these teams are in this in this final series. I agree Um, yeah thoroughly enjoyed all of it Uh, even and and even the Parramatta game the, the the scorecard doesn't probably reflect how tough that game was for a large chunk of it. Uh, Anything you want to talk about or should we get straight into it? Well I wrote notes this week to well done, put everyone, there's a collective sigh now around with Whew. all the listeners. But um, yes, to appease the masses, I've decided to do notes again. It also helps that there was only four games, so I can be more fucked to actually sit there and go through and write shit. Doesn't so, take as long. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, well, the finals kicked off. Twenty-seven to eight. Penrith uh, looked a million bucks coming back and defeating a tough Parramatta Eels team. As I said, perhaps uh, a little bit. Well, definitely flattering Penrith, but maybe not. Maybe I don't not think, fl- so. I don't think fl- I don't think flattering's fair, but I think Param- maybe what's the opposite of flattering? Unflattering Paramount. <laughs> uh, maybe, but um, Penrith were fantastic. Barn, what did the stats say? And we have a chat about it. Yeah, we had four tries to one, four out of four conversions for Penrith, and one out of one for Parramatta. One out of one pe- a field goal attempts for Penrith, and a missed field goal attempt for Parramatta. Uh, and both teams had a hundred percent. Penalty conversion rates with one out of one. 83% completion for Penrith, 67% for Parramatta. 35 out of 42 sets played 27 out of 40. 410 plus running metres and 144 plus post contact metres for Penrith. Three line breaks to two. 35 tackle bust to 30. Five offloads for Penrith, 12 for Parramatta. One force drop out to three. Zero 40 20s. 352 tackles played 342. One ruck infringement against Parramatta. One inside the 10. For Penrith and two for Parramatta. Five penalties conceded to three, ten errors to 14, and a sin bin for Penrith. Martin with 43 tackles, Reed with 45, To'o with 238 running metres, and Paulo with 166. Uh, Coruscant missed seven tackles, made 31. Reed missed five and made 45. And Gutherson was probably the worst of the lot, with they missed four tackles and made six. Uh, I guess I've got to issue a public apology at Bailey. Action Bailey was on my case uh, about my Penrith bludgeoning. But, um, yeah, who was I to ever doubt them? Who was I to ever doubt them? They were absolutely sensational, Barn. Oh, hello, you want to say something? Cool. Well, Barney right. can go first and then I'll You go. can see what Nathan's been doing for the last five weeks. Yeah. He's been practising his bombs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he miskicked one for the entire night. Um and these running game was fantastic as well. So the two things, obviously, you can work on when you're not part of the team is your fitness and your running and your and your kicking game. And he came back an absolute treat. Um, yeah, what a, what a great week of weekend of footy. And it started with a cracker with um, 
I thought it was super competitive, especially obviously in the first half when it's seven six at half time. You can't say much else, but um, even ten or fifteen minutes into that um, second half, I thought it was um, a very competitive game. I thought Parramatta actually had the edge for the first probably twenty minutes of the game. I thought they, um, you know, they were they were on top through the middle of the field, and they seemed to be pressing Penrith early without um, making any sort of uh, that inroads to be able to get that final touch. But I thought they were they were on top in the middle of the field. Um, Nathan's bombs obviously with the difference in that first half terrorising poor old Walker Blake <laughs> I just want to mention you know the, the other thing was um, when Penrith were under the hammer their, their back five was, was sensational oh absolutely was absolutely bringing, bringing them back out they've of done the it all year and they, they stood and up it was again. really noticeable because their forwards were getting smashed for the first 20 they were and um as said the, the, definitely the difference with the bombs early they got that first try um, with, it was a really nice finish as well um from Toto, he had a fantastic game, I thought, um, mm. barging over and beating people with f- footwork. But I thought there was a big turning point um, in the first half when Paulo got taken off the field. Uh, yeah. There was a massive lift in intensity from Penrith, I thought. Uh, their line speed increased uh, and their physicality in defence. Like Leota and Fisher-Harris went out of their way to make sure that they were belt and blokes, <laughs> tackle after tackle, yeah. the minute Paulo went off the field and um, they... I don't know how many. I think there was. It was probably literally tackle off tackle. One would line up, sets, and then, and then was the next one would line up. There, right, yeah. I'll get the next play. Eight out of those yeah. twelve tackles was either Fisher yeah. Harris or Leota just belting somebody, yeah. and um, it took a lot of sting out of the out of the forwards for Parramatta, and it's um, and then Penrith just did what they do. They just kept ramping it up physically, and they lifted the intensity of the running game, and they got quicker and quicker, and Parramatta just couldn't keep keep with them. To be honest. Um, they, and they they completely closed Parramatta down there for that probably the fifteen minute period once Paulo went off and they Parramatta couldn't get on the front foot at all um, and then they just turned the the screws increased the pressure as we mentioned Cleary's kicking game was fantastic um, I don't think I've seen much of a better kicking game in a, in this, a final well, series. Well, I thought about it. It was last year's grand final. Yeah. This was as close to a ten out of ten game as I've ever as you'll ever see from a halfback in a pressure game. It was incredible. And yeah, Parramatta didn't seem to get back on top until probably the start of the second half where they they did start well for 10 or 15 minutes in that second half. But um, yeah, Penrith just kept ramping it up and ramping it up and Parramatta couldn't go with them. I thought, um, where was he? The the lovely finish from Toe where he, out in the wing there where he's cut back inside and beaten three blokes and then pushed another one off on the way to the try line. I thought that was another turning point in this game. and then Reed has a shot for field goal, <laughs> and then the the, the very Mitch. next set, yeah, Mitch Moses has a uh, shot for field goal. <laughs> very next set, Clary walks down and just goes, "I'll show you how it's done, buddy." <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it was right. almost like you went. Mm. I was going <laughs> to say, would Nathan Cleary have taken that shot for field goal if Mitch Moses didn't? Probably not on absolutely that set, sh- but shank it. I, but, I reckon yeah. he would have had a crack before halftime, but the fact that it happened and then <laughs> the very next set, they go down there and he just goes, oh, 35 out, I'll show you how it's done. Bang, straight down the middle. I thought that and was... And they a- set up beautifully. <laughs> like from the first play of that set, they set up beautifully for that. Yep. As I said, I thought Parramatta matched it for 10 or 15 in the first half, but they, they dropped off noticeably um, in the physicality. They looked tired, especially in the last 20 minutes of the game. And then Cleary just started cutting them to pieces. And it wasn't just his kicking game. I thought some of the runs that he had were tremendous where he just cut back on his off his left foot and left people for dead. And I think he made two line breaks there in the space of about 10 minutes, which one set up a try and then Fish crashed over and 
was pretty much all over. Par- uh, Parramatta started to look really tired uh, in that last 20 minutes of the game. I thought uh, Yo, Kikau and Leota were were strong performances um, for Penrith. Paulo and Papali'i, and you could add um, Kafusi. I thought he had a pretty good impact off mm. the bench for Parramatta. Uh, matched them, but Madison and Reed were their best forwards, um, which they do week after week for this team. Um, Reed is such a loss next year, like a serious loss and a serious gain for Canterbury. Yeah, he's if very he, clever down on the line uh, with the way but he him picks giving his lead runners. Sort of, yeah, as you'd say, time and space uh, in clean delivery is going to be massive next year. And adding that 50 tackles because he was his de- he defense oh, yeah. was sensational Absolutely again. Yeah. It was. And even if he does get you know beaten physically, he still generally hangs on <laughs> until yeah. someone comes over and finishes it off. I thought Moses was very good until he got knocked out. Obviously, um, big another big turning point in the match. Um, Toto and Edwards were constantly threatening the line. Um, just the way they chime in and... You can see the, the the defense get on the back foot as soon as one of them touch it, and they're not sure what's going to happen next. Um, Fisher, Harris, and Cleary were absolutely superb in this game, and I, they were the benchmarks. They were the reason that they won so dominantly. I thought. Well, it'd be nice if I could watch this fucking game without people standing on their seats in front of me. Look, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll get I'll get to this, this fucking shit abysmal stadium itself a bit later on. Oh, we've got to keep slide, it, Ollie. We've got to keep it. Well, well. I suppose you can't change the fans, can you? Yeah. Well, that, and speaking of the fans, Shout out to Penrith yeah. fans. Sorry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. The lovely Penrith fans who like to stand on their fucking seat when people are yelling at them to sit down, and they're just standing there acting oblivious, like. No one else needs to watch the game because they're up and they're cheering and they're turning around trying to get everyone else to cheer and everyone's looking angry at them because we don't know what we're cheering because we can't <laughs> see the field. Yeah. Uh, thank God for screens in stadiums, by the way, because I reckon I would have watched half this game on the screen, just not being bothered. And the bloke who was directly in front of me kept sitting like on his seat, like on the, on back, the back of his of seat, yeah. and it looked like the thing was about to snap and I'm about to have this... 150 pound bloke. covering your eyes yeah. so you don't get plastic landing <laughs> 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 into your me. face. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I thought, yeah, look, the first half, I'd say overall was pretty even. I would just give Parramatta the edge as well because of just the little errors Penner sort of had, like Edwards and that early. That was really the difference maker for me in that first half. And even the first 15 minutes or so of the second half, I think Parramatta probably looked a little more likely, especially when they got in front uh, with that penalty goal. But then you take into account Cleary's kicking game and when Mitch Moses got taken off the field, their controlling half when Cleary was in red-hot form, it's just something that they couldn't they couldn't keep up they with. Knew. Once Moses sort of they, hit knew. The, yeah. they knew they were, oh, we're fucked now. Yeah, especially the way that Cleary was playing. And, um, I get, you know, we, we sort of spoke about how, yes, Cleary could come back rusty, but he could also come back fresh and... Uh, on top of his game, and that's what he did. And I, I think for me, at least for his kicking game and what he was able to do, he's probably the man of the match for me. But Brian Toto, a special mention as well, because he's it's his best game of the year, I think, and Close it's all, all, also pretty much the performance he'd be putting in every week last season. But I, I guess he sort of just timed his run well, um, as we like to say about certain players in the finals now. And also. <laughs> Someone else mentioned it to me that, oh, he hasn't done much this year, but two things. One, he's on the opposite side of the field. They actually have players they can so, get the ball to now. And now, yeah. now they've got the full complement back. The other one, like, he did get through an origin series. He did yeah. get through anything else. So he still does his running metres. Well, he hasn't been topping 200 every week. No. He's still been yeah. up between 150 and yeah. 200 majority of the time. I think he's carried a couple of niggles during the year as well, to be honest. Um, there's been a few times where 
you've seen him get into the backfield and he just hasn't been as quick as he was the year before. So I, I think he may have been carrying a couple of lower leg injuries during the season. And as you mentioned, I think Origin just takes a lot out of these guys. You'll notice the majority, or at least half of both Origin sides, don't come back the same player for at least two or three weeks after the Origin series. Or they do. They have like that one more peak. Uh, and then that's it. Drop off they, for a couple of weeks. Well, so they generally always need at least two or three weeks to sort of and recover. It, it makes it tricky right. for us because when you look about at all the time we've done the show for three years, we try and analyse every game and try and get a meaning out of all of it. And sometimes you've just got to go, oh, well, it doesn't mean <laughs> yeah. like we'll worry about it in six weeks, which we try and maybe overplay. Sometimes maybe we underplay it. Uh, but Well, with Tyo in particular as well, I think it's important to take into account that, what was it, round two, he had an injury that put him out for six weeks and I feel like he sort of came back from that slow. Probably on form shouldn't have played Origin, but he did. And I think as well that probably made things a bit more complicated as well. But as I said, timing, you, you run correctly. He's obviously been back since Origin and then been able to, to build his form back up and... He, I don't know, Penrith might see him as a bit more of an option as well now. You talk about actually having Taylor May and Isaac Tago on another edge and they've been on fire as well, but yeah. You're now playing the best teams as well and they're going to set up on that left edge, obviously in defence and try a few different structures to try and shut down that side. So I think you will probably see a few more opportunities on Penrith's right in a few different games. You've also so. got to um, take into account, like if it's not, if it's not Ivan, it's Seraldo or someone that there's a very, very smart coach in that system and they're about to lose two of them. So next year's a big year for Ivan because they're about to lose uh, uh, Seraldo and, and Walker. Uh, uh, Andrews? Andrews or Pierce? It's, uh, the other guy that's going to the Warriors. Cleary's about to lose his support yeah. staff and it's not only it's not even because his team's been shit, Paul. Yeah, like they, and funnily enough, they didn't really jump at bringing Barrett back, did they? But uh, that's uh, given <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, Wasn't he the one who made Cleary a good player or something? I suppose. Oh. Um, so I've been told. But when you look at what, how they played, um, and para, there'll be bloke, friends of the show and, and, and listeners screaming at us to not talk about Waka, so we'll get to him in a second. <laughs> but how they played was to bomb, bomb, bomb to Waka, who is Waka, as we mentioned last week, and managed to, to um, muff those two early ones, put themselves under pressure. They both led to points. And uh, and more pressure in the second half. I think his first what three out of four he dropped. Yeah, they tested Sivo once or twice. But then turned him the, around. So the next thing, him. what he did, yeah. clear his first kick to Sivo was an inside out kick. So not only we know he's got this turning circle of the QE too. He's not only kicked to him, he's kicked late to him on the wrong foot, and so Sivo's had that more time, and it's led to more pressure. And then once they started tiring out, that's when they went to two. I was able to burrow, and it was just very very clever how they picked both sides that field apart and left Gutho with. Um, Sort of took Gutho out of the game. Mm-hmm. He was, and also shut down very well the back rowers. Papali did. didn't do a lot, and Lane. I can't remember him having any um, run of effect. And and that was an, they were edges that had conceded points. Well, properly did try to get himself involved, but it, he ended up playing as a front rower because there wasn't an, there wasn't yeah. any space for him out wide. I, I don't so, think he did so horribly either. I thought no, he, was he, still, no, he wasn't still pretty, but he wasn't destructive but, yeah. either. Uh, and and Lane didn't get the holes he we thought he might on the back of some of the defence we'd seen from Penrith in the, in the last month. And it was, I thought, I thought they, they just analysed Parramatta perfectly, really. Uh, and, yeah, you mentioned, when I say 10 out of 10 for clear, it wasn't just his kicking, as you said, it was the running, his timing, and uh, and his defence at times, you know. Mm. A couple of hits when it counted. He's uh, probably the best defensive half in the game, really. Struggle to think of a uh, half back. 
not too many others. Five eights, I'd have to think about for a minute. And there's not too many better than him, even in that. You know what? There probably isn't either. So, um, yeah, Waka, he had a night out. <laughs> Didn't he? Want, like, good luck catching him. I don't care who you are. Like, there's not many blokes that have stood under those type of knuckle bombs. And there's not many guys that hit him the same way as Cleary either. Like, you get the torpedo ones that swirl around and go side to side. But the way he hits that one flat on the belly and it, it rocks from either side and then it swings late. Good luck fucking getting underneath him. There's three. But There's him, Burton, and, yeah, and Burton. Dewey, Dewey does them. Yeah. And frustrates the shit of me because you only do two and you're like, why don't you just go down there and put them up? But, but Yeah, well, he's always – Walker's always had a, an issue, whether it be defensively or under the high ball, and they obviously went there knowing this and they peppered the poor bloke for a good 40 to 50 minutes in the, the start of this game. And, and perhaps allow him to the slaughter. But again, we've got to mention Jacob Arthur coming on here. He added little and his defensive. Did he play seven minutes or something? I, I, I yeah. felt bad for him. He played 20. Oh, that's right. Because Moses got knocked out. Big, yeah, 21 minutes. Unfortunately, his biggest involvement was kicking the ball out on the field. And then he did. And missed some tackles. Did nothing, pretty much. I, I do feel bad because he pretty much, after everything he sort of copped this year, whether fair or unfair, you you're essentially sending a lamb out to slaughter. Yeah, it, it, it's like in the position they were in, the pressure, everything, you're sending him out to... The forwards with, are pretty not much, much of a chance because they've to, been bashed for 60 yeah, minutes. Yeah, the, the rest of the team had given up. But and, and ultimately, who, what else could they do with it? Yeah. You, can't just, you couldn't just send yeah. out Kofusi or Bakatari I, 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 I don't think you can blame... Him. making a tackle. Yeah. You can't you blame Jake Arthur for that ah, absolutely whole thing, not. so... Look, um... Are we Penrith a dollar twenty now? I suppose I've got to admit yeah, it. Well, they are anyway. But I think I've, even I've got to come to the party and say, well, if someone's going to beat Penrith, it's going to be a mighty effort. Well, someone's yeah. going to beat Penrith. They're going to have to score a minimum thirty with, points. With two, and I don't see how many see teams are going to be able to do it. It's but. now the the best chance is now South, and that'll be, be like <laughs> that'll be like Latrell, Clive Churchill into I, of all Clive Churchills. It, I, I know I've been well, the three teams that have here, points in them are Cowboys, Sharks, and. Souths and it's for someone to dominate a game. Yeah, it's probably is Latrell to be able to to put two or three on himself. Maybe Val if he can get a match up that and, he likes. And, and but, Tom Burgess fresh you know, back I mean, and having yeah. a game of his life trying to match these blokes. But and the, you know the Cowboys will put in an eighty minute performance through the middle. So I've probably got Cowboys second at the moment. Then be the, mm. probably the best mm. chance to beat Penrith. But well, I'm now before I was saying it, Penrith will probably just win the comp. Everything I'm now saying they will. Like just looking, and you look even just looking at the weekend, in terms of one team, that was the most complete individual performance from a team. And Take, st- taking out how good a game was or anything, that was the complete performance. And ever two things are, you look across the rest of these games, yeah. teams are now busted, and they got through it unscathed. Yeah, well, and they get a week off. They're going to come back fresh again again to pick up some pieces. Um, it's going to be a mighty effort to knock them off. Well, the- and, and and by the same token, Cowboys' week off is now. Sharks and Cowboys, are, in my opinion, are the it's only two teams that can ma- probably match Penrith. But Sharks can only match them for an hour. I think the Cowboys could probably match them for 70 minutes. What makes it but scary as well yeah. is that... Which is, probably what we saw, which is what we saw. The rest, the, of the, the rest of the teams, I'd argue, maybe other than the Roosters, because they're all too busy getting frustrated and potting themselves. But everyone else put in a high-quality, one of their best performances of the season, right? I still don't think it was as good as what Penrith yeah. pulled out. But it, and the okay, Raiders okay. could probably beat them in the forwards for a big part of the yeah. match, but their outside backs aren't going to match um, Penrith. So. I'm with you. And um, you've got to... thing is, the dynasty's now... It's not over, but the 
the decline in theory is coming next year slightly because you're going to lose Appy, which is massive. You're going to lose. The only thing is, it only takes one game. Like if Penrith are off yeah, for yeah. half an hour, then it could be. They f- could get that's beat. right. Half hour is enough. Yeah. Like everyone. Uh, we what do we do here? We, do we have a player of finals? I can't even remember what it's yeah, called. Well, it, it's so got to be the, the 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 something of Barnabas, wasn't yeah, it? Because we had the Daggy M, the Ollie Lewis. right in with the names for the the Barney Trophy. Uh, the, the Barney Lewis Medal or something. Well, clearly no, got three better. points. It's simple yep. as that. And if you didn't get three points, I don't know what game you're watching. I had Fisher Harris for two, and then I either had Brian Toto, Reed Marnie, or Moses for the one. Yeah, I go to I go to I am in accord there. The second came up on the first of two crackers on Saturday night. Twenty-eight twenty, Canberra defeated the Storm, uh, which is not was never a shock. It was always something we no, well, none of us turned it, on. But we, we all, all did say all that Canberra it. can beat them through the yeah. middle of the field, and if they can crack the outside edges, like because Melbourne's been vulnerable yeah. out in the centres and then the wings all year. And we, we all basically said, I give Canberra a chance and we think that, you know, they could beat Melbourne, but we're tipping Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. And we said that... And we were wrong. We, well, we said that they were the right team to, to be the ones to beat Melbourne. Yeah. And, and I think we, the Parramatta we, matchup for them this week is probably the best fantastic. matchup they could have thought of. But they, They've, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, absolutely. Stats? Yeah, we had four tries to five, two out of four conversions for the Storm Four. Four out of five for Canberra. A missed penalty attempt from Melbourne, which was a bit of a shocker. 70% completion, played 80% completion for the Raiders. 29 out of 41 sets, played 32 out of 40. Three line breaks to four. 38 tackle busts to 41. 12 offloads for both teams. Two forced dropouts for both teams. Zero 40-20s. 326 tackles, played 334. Two ruck infringements to three. One inside the 10 against Canberra. Four penalties conceded to three. 14 errors for the Storm, 9 for Canberra. Harry Grant made 42 tackles. Whitehead made 41. Munster with 214 running metres. And Tarpanay with 216. <laughs> Meany missed 7, made 25. Whiten missed 7 and made 22. Just a just a real rubber stamp on Tarpanay as a prop of the year. He's fantastic. He wasn't there. They don't win this game. No. And uh, he was absolutely outstanding. But he, he, didn't, he wasn't alone here. And they were super tough on the, the Raiders forwards and mm. just set the right platform against a team that isn't quite there and um, hasn't quite been there but has got through individual brilliance. But these sort of games don't necessarily suit, I guess, as we've learned, individual brilliance more often than not. Well, this was a semi-final. This was the you know semi-final. literal semi-final game of football. Tough, uncompromising, played through the middle of the field, couple of flashes of brilliance here and there, but mostly one on grit and determination. And well done, Canberra. They deserved every bit of it. They were fast, um, physical. Then they just showed more desire for the majority of the, of the game. Um, this was their best game of the season, I think, uh, like in the entirety of the season. Yeah. I don't think they've played better. Um, they did get caught for pace a couple of times by Melbourne in the outside backs which we did foreshadow and I thought that would be the reason Melbourne would win but they seemed to scramble and get players there at the last minute and stop the tries um, I thought they always to me they always felt like Canberra had the edge in this game I always thought Canberra were going to win I never like never at any point during this game did I think that Melbourne were were the better team and they were going to run away with it um there's just, I don't know, there was just some sort of aura coming off this Canberra team that they weren't going to just be pushed over and, you know. And Melbourne was struggling. They, they, their points of attack were, were faltering. There was a couple of nice times where they got on the outside with Seve 
and a couple of nice kicks from Jerome Hughes, uh, especially to Xavier Coates. But it looked like that was realistically their only point of attack was that right-hand edge with Coates and Seve. Um, they didn't seem to make much of an impression on the other side of the field. And through the middle, it was really only Nelson that was um, bending and breaking the line. The rest of them were still doing a job, but there, there was no sort of dominance over the, over the middle of the field. Whitehead had his best game in probably three years. I'd oh, easy. easy. <laughs> he uh, you speak about peaking at the right time. <laughs> he was fucking fantastic. He just threw himself at everything. Um, he just got yeah, got so involved. Um, bounce of the ball definitely went Canberra's way. Like the way that that ball bounces around Munster at the back end for Hudson Young's try, and then you've got the the superb Falcon try assist at the end of the game for him to run away and win that the game. Be. Like ball just rifled into a bloke's head, and it lands perfectly in the corner for Rupp, and it just fall on it to win the game. Isn't but, there um, a, like? <laughs> You talk about the end of dynasties and the fall of this and that and, and to see Melbourne bow out for the first time in this round off the back of someone's falcon, it's like, <laughs> it, it's the sort of stuff you couldn't write. They'll probably win the comp next year. Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a Melbourne. No, they're fucked next year. They, they, <laughs> mate, bold, I'll give you an early bowl prediction. They'll, they're fucked next year. If they don't re-sign Munster, they won't make the eight. Well, they still got him next year, but. Like Melbourne obviously would have gone away no, probably true. feeling Sorry. like they had the rough end of the stick at the end of this game, um, obviously with those two that I mentioned towards the end. But um, Canberra would just – they definitely won the middle of the field. Papali'i and Tapane were just enormous, um, especially towards the last 20 minutes when Papali'i came back on for his last stint in the game. He was just punching holes and taking players with him, offloading the ball. He was fantastic and um, yeah, carved up the middle of Melbourne's defence. Um and they never stopped asking questions, even though their back line isn't the fastest and the strongest, and, but they get balls into decent positions and they make it hard for you to stop them. And you know, then once you make that effort, then you've got to make another effort because you've got a front rower coming back through the middle. And yeah, they, they were really good, I thought. Um, King and Smith were good efforts from, uh, were pr- pretty strong efforts from Melbourne. I thought Kamikamika had decent impact off the bench. Obviously, Xavier Coates, I'd just like to see him pop up a little bit more in the middle of the field, to be honest. Um, I know he's a really good finisher and he jumps for the ball and stuff, but i just like to see him get a little bit more involved with involved. physicality. He just does not get involved. He's, he's, he's 6'3 or 6'4. Massive player. He's yeah. a big enough body to be doing the kind of stuff that yeah. you see Brian Toto do. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> but he just doesn't do it. Um, yeah, he had some really nice finishes. Seve had probably close to his best game of the year as well. He, he looked really, really crisp and so had some nice footwork, burning a couple of the Canberra outside backs. Olam and uh, Nofaluma were definitely targeted in attack, uh, in defence. They went that way constantly. And they generally didn't score a lot of points there, but they made big inroads and then they went back to the other side of the field, which was their strongest side of the field. But, um, yeah, Meany will be um, – he was a very, very busy boy. <laughs> they just sent second rower and front rower at him all night. And, yeah, that's – that's what you get, I guess, for the trade-off of having Munster at fullback. You end up with Meany in the yeah. front line, and it was a, a definite tactic just to run blokes at him. Um, have Melbourne re-signed him for next year? Because I know it was originally a one-year deal. Not that I've heard of. But I'm sure. he's probably, I think, I think he he's, will. He's, he's earned him. I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying that no, he shouldn't, but no, I'm just wondering because he ca- he's I'm gonna, just trying to think. that He's probably going to be someone they need next year. Yeah, yeah of course he will, because they're going to lose... Probably Pappenhaus and yeah. Origin and definitely Munster. So. Yeah, the Canberra forwards are lining up to run at him by the end of the game. Um, I thought Nelson and Munster were Melbourne's best easily. Mm-hmm. Um, Tomoko and Kotrick were the best of the backs for, for Canberra. 
Kawira and I actually had pretty good impact coming off the bench. So did Horsburgh. They were um, they actually made a big difference when they came on. Hudson Young was good again. Um, I mentioned Whitehead and Papa Lee. But, yeah, Fogarty's kicking game in this one, he really seemed to um, <sighs> just control where Melbourne got the ball, when they got the ball, and I thought it was a really good um, – uh, This thought is it, Papa Fogarty these the days, yeah. Papa Fogarty again, Ollie. You playing child sport? I don't, I don't know who this Fogarty fellow is. He's, he <laughs> seems like a nice bloke. but um. White was decent, but I thought Tarpany was head and shoulders above anyone on the field. Yep. Is there a concern? Like, White's still a centre. He's a good centre. Is, is there a concern of him defending at 5'8"? I know he's tackling Nelson and stuff in this game. Mm. But there is a bit. They do target him. They do, um, especially on his inside shoulder. He's, um, his left shoulder is nowhere near as good as his right, and it does cause him a few issues. I'm, I'm with you, mate. I'd love to see him parked out in the centres with somebody with a with another half. Even Frawley, like, just well, give Frawley yeah. a run there, extended he, run. Him man. and Fogarty were really good, but even what, what's Schneider up to these days? So you got Tomoko well, and Chris. You got Tomoko oh, and Chris out there who are quicker and have got better footwork. So that's true as well. Even thirteen, maybe I don't know, but. I think it was Johnny who said he's a lock. Remember Johnny, Johnny Shimon on the show who said he was a lock? Let and him I play both sides of the field. Get involved I when he wants to. that's a great to. call. Again, defence, perhaps an issue. Mm. Oliver? Well, uh, I, in terms of tipping, we brought up tipping before. You could probably call me a, a rep player because, like we, we mentioned before in State of Origin, that's about where I peaked and I had my beautiful <laughs> Origin series where I just tipped everything perfectly. And since then, it's largely just been absolute shit, including this week where I went 0 from 4. So that was beautiful. But um, during this game, and again, it's just, I guess you bring up that aura about Canberra or, or just sort of their resiliency. And Barn, you brought up how you thought Melbourne sort of never really looked like winning even when they did score. I was sort of... The opposite in the sense of when they did score and did get in the lead, I thought, okay, now this is where they'll kick on and become Melbourne and they'll win. Especially uh, Xavier Coates' second try. When they, uh, when that floater was put up to him, it was just the perfect – it just seemed like the perfect Half-chip kick. Half-chip Yep, yeah. straight to Xavier Coates. It just sat in the air for the perfect amount of time, landed exactly where it needed to. I thought something like that has – at the time, I thought that was pinpoint precision. This has just changed the – the flow of the game and Melbourne will kick on here. And then whenever Melbourne get in front, I thought so, but it's a credit to Canberra because they just, they sort of, they don't, they didn't cling on because they were, they were definitely with Melbourne the well, whole one, way. But the, the fact that they never fell off at a, at a certain point. One I thing I did the, notice after that kick from Jerome Hughes, cause he'd set up two, I think yeah. he set up the first two tries and he was looking really crisp. Yeah. Canberra went out of their way to hassle the shit out of him for the rest of the night. I don't think he had a clean kick for the rest of the night. There was always two and three blokes in and around him and they were shooting out of the line at him, which... Because I thought, uh, after that second kick, yeah. I was with you. I was sort of oh, like, oh, Jerome Hughes could be man of the match and, you know, win this game for him. And then I went, nah, Canberra's just coming too hard for yeah. the middle. But and, and, and again, it, it's the middle. I've got to back that up. We... We said it last week as well that if Canberra were going to win this game, it would be through big performances through the middle. And whilst I don't think Melbourne's forwards were horrible, um, they could they could have been much yeah. better, especially against a, a strong forward pack like Canberra's. And it, it isn't only Joe Tarpany because you bring up uh, Elliot Whitehead, Hudson Young on the back of that. I thought Papali. Josh Papali'i as well. They all got on the back of that. And I don't think, especially in attack, the the halves weren't half half bad like. A couple of times this year, we have seen Fogarty and White and go a bit quiet. And at least for me, that's been my biggest question mark or my biggest criticism of Canberra. It's like, 
Um, how am I supposed to expect this team to do anything when the two halves aren't are just sort of there? But off the back of I think really the fourth performance, for, they for had the, first the three months. Yeah, but, you know, uh, I, I, I agree. To you but against. but they also had the I guess the confidence off of what the Fords were doing in this game to actually sort of I guess breathe and and open it up a bit, and I I feel like they they really took advantage of that and to great effect as well. And I think once Canberra got in front with with what what was it fifteen minutes to go, ten minutes to go, whatever it was. It was at that point where I thought they didn't look like losing, even when they were only up by two points or whatever it was. They just, at that point, just watching them play and uh, how Melbourne were well and truly on the back foot, essentially going, oh, fuck. It was like, well, there's no way Canberra's losing this game. Yeah, there's some teams that play from behind um, calmly and they're not one of them. And they haven't been all year. No, uh, they haven't. They've been frantic all year. It's been it. Or it's been Harry that's got them going again, and they get they might, they they usually that that kickstarter and they get back in the rhythm. Actually, I don't think I mentioned Harry. Harry was tremendous yep. in all his. Well, well, you bring up individual performances. Munster, Harry, Sofa, Solomon are probably the the yeah, three, but three, it, it just yeah. all didn't come together. Yeah, we talked about Tapani being the difference, but if Nelson's not in the field, they get blown away. They're, oh yeah, he was. He's his last month, six weeks now. He's been absolutely fantastic. All the shit aside, um, whether you like him or hate him, he's been absolutely brilliant uh, for the last. Um, yes, yeah, good six weeks. No, you won grand final replay, anyone? <laughs> if it is, it'll be one of the worst grand final. Like, I know I've been bullish on Canberra and everything, but I'll be honest, if they verse Penrith in the grand final, they're going to get flogged. Yeah, but oh, who's not? Now, now that I've said it, Canberra going to win the comp. So all Canberra fans out there, you can uh, thank me later. Or put shit on me. I can see them getting past Parramatta. I can see the Cowboys absolutely carving their outside backs. Yeah. But, but just on their outside backs, and just thinking about this um, completely randomly, and we'll move on in a sec. Uh, they're still a young team. You're Savage, Tomoko, Chris. Oh, they're definitely uh, How Foggy's yeah. younger than you think? Isn't he only like 25 or something? Well, no, well, Foggy's 27, isn't he? Because he debuted at about 25 or something. Uh, yeah. Wolford, uh, Hudson Young's not old. It, yeah, they they're gonna be all sharpened for this. They're they're an interesting yeah. team for next year. If only I know they, they could, got too many yeah. signings, but they're gonna be there in about this time next year. If only they could go on this run. Last year, when a certain couple of people tipped them to win the fucking yeah. comp, but it's, anyway. it's funny where um, it's funny how yeah. ebbs and flows. But you happen. look how strong they are when their forward pack does they can aim up. They you know they blow most teams off the field yeah. through the middle of the field. And um, and last year, there's obviously there was obviously off-field shit last uh, year, yeah. and they've fixed it all up. And have a look now. I just, I'd really like to see him buy a strike centre, like a mm. big, quick, someone with footwork, like Chuck like a Joey Jack Manu into the centre, or <laughs> yeah. you know. But teams need like how many eight, yeah, nine no, teams in not the that many that. of them around, but yeah. it's just Tomoko and Chris are very similar to me. Um, Tomoko is probably a little bit quicker cool. and a little bit um, more nimble, but. They rely more on their power and their their power game than they do that touch and you know footwork. So Chris is very good at being in the right place at the right time. A lot. Absolutely, yes. So yeah. And they're both strong ball carriers, yeah. but I just like to see someone who's light on their feet and just adds that little bit of you know can beat someone one on one, whereas those guys sort of struggle to beat someone one on one rather than throwing them off. Yeah. Three Tarpane, two. Uh, oh, good question. Two Nelson, one to. Oh. What did I do here? Yeah. I partly want to go Munster, but oh. like... Tarpany, Papali'i, the two, no, I thought he was tremendous. And then I had um, Fogarty or Munster for the one, but they got beaten. You could probably throw Grant or Whitehead in there as well. I don't know. But Give it to Nelson. Fuck it. 
Nelson, Nelson was three two, twos, right? Yeah, no, but he said three two. Um, oh no, we'll go tough. Let's just just give it to the Fords. Tarpani, Tarpani, Nelson, and Puppy. How's that? Yeah, okay. Or flip and flip those second two if you want. Okay. No, that's fine. No, that's fine. No, we'll yeah. the last twenty. Puppy give Puppy to Nelson one. Yeah. We've oh. given more thought to this for the final series points <laughs> than we, we ever did weeks. for any no, of the no, day games. We had, we had quite a few <laughs> arguments during well, we're the year. Don't worry. Starting from a clean slate. <laughs> we so. had plenty of arguments during the year. The off-air conversation just consisted of the fact that uh, Ollie suggested that Parramatta were missing Bevan French. So yeah, right. No, no, no. This, this, needs context. this is where we're at in life. This needs <laughs> context if you're going to go down that route because apparently people have been saying Bryce Cartwright should be getting picked in front of Jake Arthur and we'll tossing up other dumb... Um, things Parramatta could do. It's like, well, pushing um, Clint Gutherson into the halves and it's like, well, who'd play fullback then? And I said, well, fuck, it'd be a pretty good time to have Bevan French in your squad if you had to chuck someone in at fullback, I guess. But um, that's going to be Newcastle shit show next year. So, beautiful. Uh, they haven't given up hope of, uh, of Brooksy yet either. So. Luke French Brooks, and Brooks. Be- Bevan French oh. and Caelan Ponger in the halves with him. Oh. Oh. Bradman best on the outside. Gift that keeps on giving. Anyway, that's next year. We'll take, wait for our bold prediction show, which will be up uh, about a fortnight after the grand final, we tend to do. Yeah, Bevan so French Stallion. We, uh, we throw all the shit against the wall and see what sticks. But as for... Um, oh, I don't know how to even tie this together. The next game was pretty good. <laughs> 92 minutes. Uh, we saw 32 to 30. The Cowboys get home on the back of a Val Holmes field goal. Barney stats... Mental health check, and then you may as well have the crack at this one as well. Yeah, mental health's fine. <laughs> you're very, um, you're very philosophical. Uh, philosophical, yeah. Philosophical. I got him a Jaeger after the game. I get you like a game. He was, he was yeah, ambivalent. Yeah. He was okay. Yeah, he, was, he took yeah. it, he took it much better than I would have put it that way. <laughs> well, probably oh, thinking, man, I thought you yeah. know they put in a performance that probably would have won two of the other games that were played over the weekend. Correct. So. Um, I thought there was realistically no losers in this game. I thought they both played fantastic football no, for long, long parts of the game. <laughs> and at the end of the day, um, I think both teams have come out without any injury as well. Obviously, they don't tell you exactly what's happening in the background, but um, you know, there's been nobody that's ruled out for the next game. So um, that, that's a positive for both sides. We had five tries apiece, five out of five conversions for the Sharks, four out of five for the Cowboys. Uh, Two shots of field goal missed by the Sharks. One out of one two-point field goal attempts for Val Holmes and one out of one penalty attempts for Val Holmes. Who uh, did he used to play for? Yes. Uh, um, New York Jets, New I York think Jets. it was. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 80% completion for the Sharks, 82% for the Cowboys. 41 out of 51 sets played 42 out of 51 sets. Six line breaks to five, 40 tackle busts to 54. Five offloads to 11, one force dropout by the Cowboys. It's one area I was a bit disappointed with the Sharks of, honestly. Um, they didn't really even attempt to try and get possession back at a couple of times when they had ball down at the other end. Uh, 0-40-20 attempts, 451 tackles for the Sharks, 435 for the Cowboys. Two ruck infringements to four, one inside the 10 against the Cowboys, five penalties conceded by the Sharks, two by the Cowboys. 12 errors to 11, a sin bin for the Sharks. Braley with 68 tackles, Cotter with 60 Mulatano with 275 metres and Hiku with 314 metres. Moylan missed 10 tackles, made 29. Kennedy missed 7 and made 4. 
and two of those were fucking pathetic. <laughs> Tapped the bloke on the back as he ran past him to score a try. Townsend with seven missed tackles and 33 uh, completed tackles. Deedon missed six and made 26. Some lovely attacking football from both sides, I thought, who definitely decided the game plan in this one was to score as many points as possible because they um, they did. I, I was hoping that the Cowboys would go and try and play that grind through the middle with the Sharks, which they obviously decided was not the way to play the Sharks because I think if they had done that, done that, they probably would have lost because I thought Penn, uh, Sharks were actually very uh, much the winner of the physical battle early, um, probably for the majority of the first half. And this game... I know everyone's been raving on about the, the Roosters nah, and South. fuck that game. This game was as physical as that game. There just wasn't there the just shit no in, it. in it. There was – you could hear the this contacts was, coming through the TV. Sorry, just to backtrack a bit. I was just trying to find the record there. Was this game of the year? Well, I was going to say in, in my notes, right, it was close to the perfect I game this season. As far as I can like, tell, it's the second longest – well, it's the second longest final in NRL history. I'm talking last – uh, behind the Tigers, Roosters. <laughs> you can walk behind, it's okay. 100-minute one. The Doesn't camera can see anyone. Camera. Well, okay. well, that's the thing. <laughs> behind the Tigers, Roosters, one from 2010. Yeah. And um, I believe it's a s- close to the second longest actual NRL game. But Well, look, I'll... Well, there wasn't much rubbish in it. It yeah. was very physical yeah. uh, for big parts of the game through the middle of the field. And some of the, the attack to set up tries was tremendous. Some of these tries, you haven't seen plays put on as well as that for, for points during the year, um, which was the disappointing part for me because I thought the Sharks earned every single one of their five tries. They, they were putting on wraparounds and the way they were putting people through holes, uh, except for maybe Rudolph's one, which was just a missed tackle from Tamalolo. And then they turn around and let Deedon run 50 metres straight through the middle of four blokes and score a try. And then they were rattled after that for five or ten minutes. And then you get Tamalolo throwing a 30 metre cutout to Hiku who dances around a couple of blokes and scores another soft try. And then with 14 seconds to go, Tamalolo, <laughs> mate, Moylan Deadset looked at him and went, no, nah, I'm not tackling him. I'm going to tackle the bloke inside him. <laughs> And got in McInnes's way, who was on his way across the field to tackle the bloke on his inside shoulder. And Milan went, nah, I got I, all he had to do was stand in front of Tamalolo because you had Nikora jamming from one side and McGinnis jamming from the other. I'm pretty sure they would have stopped him. <laughs> if, well. If Moylan had stood yes. in front of him. Well. But it, all he had to do was make some contact and there would have been a be- yeah. much better chance yeah, 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 of yeah, stopping yeah. him than Tamalolo just running through a massive fucking <laughs> hole and scoring a try <laughs> with 14 seconds to go to even up the scores in the game. But <laughs> what do you do? Um, yeah, almost every set in this game, both sides were pushing themselves to try and put points on. Like There, there was no holding back. There was no, um, oh, we'll just play it safe through the middle in this one. There was two or three massive hit-ups and then they were throwing it around. Um I think both teams lacked a little bit of experience just in the way to finish off sets. As I mentioned earlier, the Sharks didn't try to um, get any sort of repeat sets during the game and there was a couple of times where the Cowboys seemed lost and they, so they just put the bomb up rather than like kicking for a corner and playing for field position and a little bit of stuff like that. Um, but, um, you know, Chad was probably the, the difference with his kicking game. He... he he was pretty pinpoint in what he did, did and had some really nice runs through the middle, especially that one from dummy half where four sharks ran into each other and he scores a try. Um, yeah, I, d- I thought the sharks were slightly 
better overall with the physicality and the creative play, but that 10 or 15 minute period that I Is mentioned, uh, cool. that I mentioned was, <laughs> um, where they, they just lost all their shape and energy for those two tries, and that, that that's what cost the Sharks a game at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> yeah. Should we talk about Mount Moylan now then? You already have, but the, apart from the Tamil other one, the other two where he rushed off the line and left the Sydney heads yeah, absolutely. completely open where they waltzed over. I've said it before and this year. I'm on record. You can go back and listen. Footy and Frosty's on Spotify. You can uh, – but – He's the one they're carrying. Yes, he's had nice touches this year, but you put a, a you put a Jack White in his spot, and it you know they win the game. Simple as that. And it's yeah, there's I know they've just re-signed him, but there's this you very know, glaring defensive issues. Defensive wise, I don't know what he really. And it's always been my issue with Matt Moylan. Like even though when his running game was down and he was at his worst, probably eighteen months ago. The biggest problem I've always had with him is his defence. And he can't defend in the front line. So what do you do with him? He can't play fullback anymore because he's not quick enough to play fullback. So I don't know. <laughs> what do you do? Well, he has, he has some, his ball playing this year has been fantastic considering hmm. what it has been before. But he doesn't have that and, spark and to beat guys rounds, one-on-one one anymore. It doesn't matter. But mm. now it matters. It, see, for me, this game was it was amazing. Both sets of backs were just fighting for every meter in attack the forwards were strong in defense they were both amazing which one reason why i put it out today um saying that this game's far head and shoulders above that roosters rabbitohs game people are saying it wasn't because oh i don't want to watch a game where there's no defense that's why five players made over 40 tackles in this game but i digress but there was a lot the of one, defense. yeah defense. exactly the, but the, most of the tries were scored from yeah. really fucking good attacking plays yeah. not yeah. Bad defense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, but that, but yeah, there there was more big individual defensive efforts in this game than any other game on the weekend. But the one sort of big difference as well I noticed between the Cowboys and the Sharks, the only real difference. Robson fifty nine tackles, Cotter sixty, Gilbert forty three, Nanai forty five. Hold on, Tamalolo forty two. I think there'll be more actually than Fraley sixty eight, yeah. Nakora fifty five, Graham forty three, Fanukan forty three. That doesn't just. Right. So apparently, but just apparently, suggest, yeah, um, apparently not in this game. But defence, it, it suggests but an up-tempo yeah. game of the footy because they're having to make the those middle tackles. of this yeah. field was stronger than Souths and Roosters. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Like, but yeah, the, the shit that went on in the forwards in this game was fucking brilliant, yeah. and the outside backs were tremendous. A lot of these tries were not just oh, just you know, Talakai ran through a massive hole, and I mentioned the other couple for the Cowboys. But the other ones that were put on were blokes wrapping around other blokes, just creating numbers. Like you can't defend yeah. against some of the shit that was thrown up in this game. Yeah, well, people, I swear, people just look at the scoreboard and go, oh. <laughs> "That's what that that's honestly yeah. it." But for me, the the sort of the big difference, or one of the big differences between the two sides, because and I said a couple of weeks ago, their styles are very similar. It was, yeah, they and they they were both on point in the same areas. But the one difference is that the Cowboys had a half who ran the ball. Tom did and. Mm-hmm. And that's where Cronulla would probably expect Matt Moylan to step up and run the ball a bit. Now, I'm not saying that decided the game or anything, but that, that that's one of the differences. Like, that's why you'd see Nico running for yeah. 150 minutes. But, but again, Moylan can't Nico, run the ball anymore. Nico didn't even run the ball in this one. It wasn't his fault because he was kicking, right? He, he was, was too busy he was kicking the ball. Shit yeah. Up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that, that, that's the difference. The, the Cowboys had a half who had the ability to, to run the ball and, and didn't, and that's a credit to Chad Townsend as well because he took care of the rest. But that that's the only 
like literally everywhere else on the field, they pretty much matched each other, these two teams, and it was high quality. I think the Cowboys just outlasted yeah. the Sharks, to be honest. Um, when that last it 10 felt, minutes... It did feel inevitable. That it last 10 so minutes, because like, the Sharks seemed like they, had, they were the fitter team yeah. for 60 to 70 minutes, and then the Cowboys kicked that penalty with about 10 minutes to go, and it just felt like they, they're coming, and the Sharks have... They've thrown everything they've got. They're just pretty much at the end of their tether. They're trying to defend their way to a win once it got to an eight-point lead. And then the Cowboys were just coming and coming and then went into extra time. The Sharks made two very poor handling errors coming off their own line, which just gifted the Cowboys back the ball. Um, they didn't lose the game then, but they probably should have. It probably shouldn't have gone to Golden Point, to be honest. They should have probably just taken a field goal and then let mm. the Sharks try to get back down the other end of the field and do what they can do. But, um, yeah, the Sharks lost this at the start of extra time when they just put down two simple balls that they shouldn't have dropped. Well, when their handling had been so good all night, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a weird one. But um, I thought, yeah, the Hiku was fantastic, oh, I thought, yeah. realistically. Um, I haven't seen him move like that for years. I don't know what, <laughs> what's happened. Maybe he's, manly. he's got some sort of fucking, um, some sort of chemical for the joints to make him <laughs> make him work properly. He's Go on the glucosamine or whatever it is. Don't but just talk about his footwork I know was they, fantastic. More than Eighty minutes, but. Even reeling off tackle stats, go and look at the meters. The from running the back. meters, it's, yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal. But yeah, um, yeah, I thought Hiku was fantastic. As I said, I thought the cows outlasted him. Um, he just had more energy and extra time. A couple of errors from the sharks. Uh, McGinnis, Rudolph, and Braley were fantastic for the sharks in the middle of the field. McGinnis has been so strong for the sharks for the last eight weeks or so. It's not funny. He's probably been close to their best player. Uh, Hines is brilliant. Mulatano had his best game of the year, I thought. Um, Robson, Nanai, and Cotter were absolutely awesome. They tackled anything that moved. Um, this is probably one of Nanai's best defensive performances I've ever well, seen, to be honest. it's not something we've ever talked about with him. Really. No, and he was chopping down blokes, anyone that came near him. Um, Robson, Drinkwater was fantastic. Took him a while to get involved, but that last 20 minutes of the game, he was in everything, and he was causing so many problems for the you Sharks. You know the other thing about Drinkwater is is just how safe he felt. Mm. At no point did he ever feel like he was going to drop no. a bomb or miss something. He was True. just there, and he just – this is – it's hard to have a breakout game when you're what, probably 100 games into your career, but this was <laughs> as good a complete game as Drinkwater's played, and to say I'm a, a fullback. And the halves were probably a touch better than, or as a combination. Like I thought, Nico was close to the player, the best player on the field. But as a combination, the cows were better than the sharks. And Holmes and Hiku were fantastic. They caused all sorts of problems in the centres. Jason Tomalolo was fucking amazing. They could not stop him. They could, they were hitting him with three and four blokes, and he was still pushing through the line. If he wasn't making line breaks, he was getting offloads. Even if he wasn't getting making a line break, he was bumping too off and then making 15 metres pretty much every time he touched the ball. I, I don't know what got into him, but he was fucking amazing in this game. Is there a case game. of, like, you know, all this shit about the broken fists and the broken hands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there a case last year of Peyton trying to protect him from himself? And I think then, it might have been, Because to be now honest. the minutes, now yeah. he's playing minutes. Yep. And was there a case maybe last year, like, he's trying to... I'm pretty sure he went to him and went, mate, I don't want you to be the bloke that makes... 40 tackles and 20 hit-ups. Yeah. I want you to be the bloke that makes 20 tackles, 20 hit-ups, and just busts the fucking yeah. game open. Well, he did and all of that today. So, I mean, he... Well, remember how off-camera about a, two hours ago I said I couldn't remember any of the bold predictions I'd made at the start of the season? 
<laughs> just remembered one, and it's, sure it, 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 it's not food, it's not know. good. No, that 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 wasn't it. No, it was something the, on top of that. I, uh, I double tripled down on that, and well, that's one for the bowl prediction show. But I just realised I'm yeah, I've had a I've had a big stinker for at least one. And it's, we'll to, re- it, it's we'll obviously to do. That. It's, it's to do. Right. No, yeah, I just it. remember because it's it's to do with um, old Sarge there, old Jason we'll, Tarmorello. We'll recap so. all that. I'm done. Have you got any of your notes left? Well, I, I, I you just pretty much gave my notes. Is, okay, no. No, did no. I just give mine or am I? You just did the top bit and sort of interrupted. Did I do the top bit? Hold on a minute. Actually, yes, yes, I did because actually, no, you know what? I pretty much went through it. Like, honestly, they pretty much matched each other, and I've never seen two teams just match each other to that extent, right? As I said, they play a very similar style. Yeah, and I think it's the only style that can upset. Yeah, the backs fought for every single meter. The forwards were solid both in attack and defence. And again, well, it turned out being nine players, but those players in defence who just w- wouldn't give an inch and it was just amazing. Um, look, I, well, he, I had some players in particular that I, I, I'd give a shout-out to. Cotter and Robson, I'd say, were the two big defensive players for the, the Cowboys putting in that effort. And it was Nakora and Braley, I'd say, for Cronulla, while the rest of the, the forwards for both teams were... They were good in defence, but they were also brilliant in attack, whereas those players, I think, were really stand out to defence. And again, that one difference for me was the Cowboys had a running half. That's mm-hmm. I don't think that decided That's the game, as I said, point. but that was the one no, difference. It did make a difference. To put a... Yeah, yeah. well, I'm just I'm just thinking of 5.8s that... They may have, like, like I said, a Whiten's a perfect one or... A, Obviously, Burton's shooting high, but someone like a, a, a White or a Dewey, just a strong running, a strong running five eight, would have been just just that point of difference for Cronulla, and that's probably where they need to aim for. Hopefully, they've got one coming through the system. I don't know. I don't know. You know? Well, this sort of also but backs up your argument, Barney. Um, even from last Lockie week, Miller would have caused a few lo- more the, yeah, problems. Yeah, Lockie yeah, Miller yeah. to start in the halves next year, as he said. So, particularly picking an all all ba- all forward bench, so he might just be have been that X factor that might have you know, five minutes from him. Or something. A final, a final word on this barn. How nervous are you now off this on a quick backup against South? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, your upside is there to bash fest too. Again, I think um, I just think you know Souths are strong in the in the middle of the field. I think the Sharks may just have a little bit um, a little bit more physicality than than Souths, and I think they have to drag it down to play in that grit through the middle. Um, early and try to tire the middles out and then go from there. I'm I'm still pretty confident that they, they do beat Souths, but I'm not <laughs> you got Penrith the week after, so I no, I honestly still think the Sharks have got um more firepower out wide, minus Latrell than what you know, there's there's more consistent points of attack than what Souths have. Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. All right, who? Yeah, how do we split this all up? Tom Lolo three. Mm-hmm. Mm, uh, I had Nico with two, and then either Holmes or Cotter for one. But I, I really don't want to give it to argue for any, There were that many, honestly, good know, performances, this, this and they matched each other so well. That just about any. Mulatani only three hundred uh, meters. Uh, uh, also, but um, yeah, but that two point field goal could get three points yeah. in a in a bludger of a game. You know what I mean? Just yeah. that one play. Plus, right. he was fantastic anyway. He was, he was brilliant. Was, he caused no. all sorts of problems. <laughs> He's so great. He 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 will be. Well, my brother it was, went in when it went to Golden Point. He got a, a text from one of his mates, who's also a shark supporter, and the bloke and a bloke he works with, 
said, Sharks will be fine. Just make sure Holmes don't get the ball. <laughs> <laughs> You'd love to have him, wouldn't you? A couple you. of minutes later. I forget who got the ball. He the might Sharks be, he had might... the first option for him to come back. I don't know why they didn't throw fucking everything at him, to be What's honest. You, but, but he's on about, what's he on about, 900? He was on the, to, I think he got a mil to go to the Cowboys. You know, he's also from if, um, if, apart, and, yeah. You probably don't want to throw a million at him. But of all... I'm pretty sure the Sharks came in with 800. and Of all of all, right. of all, all the centres in the comp, someone's going to quote something at me that's probably worth a mil. He'd be close to it. He might be the only one. When you treat, yeah, when it, you treat if you're going to treat Manu and Luttrell and those sort of blokes full as fullbacks. Well, Manu's not, not a fullback. And, 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 and Val plays fullback as well. But, but the thing fairness. is too with Val, obviously they signed him well, as Val a fullback. And, that, fullback and that's why he's yeah, on that money. Ed, hey, my talk about strike synergy. Yeah, Gigi, I, love him. I said multiple times last last year, and that, and I was like, every time I'd say make him make a mistake. That's a million dollars who just did that. But, but then, as a center, it's it I reckon seems he's won justified probably five as games a center on his own this yeah. year. Yes, so it's working. <laughs> yeah, he could be. He's not, but he could be playing on the wing, getting a million dollars a year, and doing what he's doing. He's, you'd go, well, shit. Like <laughs> he he's nearly first pick for Australia. Him, him and Latrell will be the centres right now, aren't they? Because I think Tommy's Without going. Tommy, well, yeah. uh, well, apparently Mao's so. hot on Matt Burton at the moment, is what I've seen as well. Which he'll, he'll be in yeah, the squad, but, but I mean, nah, like, please, who knows? Please, please. Gives you, he gives you a 95% kicker. He I'll gives you a field goal kicker. But I, I would too, but uh, yeah, apparently Mao. He's got pace on. He's, got, he's faster than... You put him in that car on opposite sides of the field. Like, there's speed. Speed on speed. Footwork, he's strong. He's looking... Let's gush about Valmore later. <laughs> <laughs> when we give him the day again. Now, as for this 30 to 14, Fuck. The, this, this, this game was the reflection of everything that has cul- – uh, the culmination reflection of everything that's been allowed to fester by the bunker and the judiciary and the, the referees season. themselves Absolutely. for the whole season. And mm. it all came to pass in this – Petri dish of three quarters of this shit is what the NRL's been trying to get out of the game for the last five years. We're going to allow a little bit more, we're going to do this and that, and then they say, No, we can't. And then they want a Mickey Mouse. And the moment Ashley Klein called the captains and said, We have a control issue here, it's your fucking job to control a game. But well, it was, this, it, I, was it just it was festing and it never got chopped out and it got worse and worse. And it, it, ru- it didn't ruin a game because it was. Maybe the most enthralling game of the weekend. Well, yeah, it was entertaining, but it was um, like you can't complain about it. And and everyone loved it. So the well, that's the thing. I hated I I, the thing that I hated. Right, is that it was a love letter to all the fuckwits out there who don't actually know what they're talking about, and they think yeah. this is brilliant. We need this every week. Yeah, let I, everyone I loved, dive CTA yeah. when they're thirty-five. I loved it as well. Idiots. But Braith was the I, cheerleader. After yeah. ten minutes, when oh. the first scene been happening, I said, "Pardon me." Jared's a special to get binned here because he'll do it out of panic. You get to a point where something happened and it will be nothing to do with anything or it'll be the most insignificant incident thing and he'll bin him and it happened, what, five minutes into the second half. You saw it coming a mile away. There was – echoing now. There was um, – and then you had the, the first binning, which was uh, the minorest of all minor things, but then it – the I'll give you a couple of minutes to think about it. So we had the yeah, Roosters 14, South 30. I've got to put it back in order now. Three tries to five. One out of three conversions played five out of five for South. 72% completion played 80%. 32 out of 44 sets played 33 out of 41. Six line breaks for both teams. 23 tackle busts to 29. 12 offloads to seven. Two forced dropout by the Roosters. 
Zero 40 20s, 338 tackles played, 325. Two ruck infringements to two, one inside the 10 against Souths. Six penalties conceded to nine. 12 errors for the Roosters, eight for Souths. Three sin bins played four. Verrills with 54 tackles. Kulamatangi with 41. Suwali'i with 199 running metres. Graham with 158. Radley missed five tackles, made 37. Graham missed four tackles, made 18. This was that was that it. Okay, cool. Sorry, it's just utter madness. This game. It was, yeah. This was madness. I loved every minute of it from a chaos point of view because <laughs> I do love the chaos. Uh, but all being said, it was a physical game. I've come down a bit already. A bit over it. But um, it was a physical game. I have an attention span of a <laughs> three-year-old goldfish. <laughs> but uh, a small goldfish. Small oh, gold, not even one of the big not ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, feed too much and sits in the bowl and looks at you. But they um, look. This was a combination of Klein lost control early. The captain said no issue being controlled, but ultimately Souths out South the Roosters. They got under their skin and got the, the as bad as they got out of the Chooks, and it was to their detriment. That all being said, complete madness that um, the shot on Teddy wasn't binned. Yeah, they, they the should have done and that straight away. Later, yeah. Uh, it was within a set or within two sets. Someone else was binned. Burgess it was just, did it again. It was Burgess, yeah, and then he did Burgess and then Milne. Like, it was that at that point everything was out the window. Nothing was going to be. Uh, everyone's going to win jump from that point on, which we duly mm. did. And I don't know what to take of it because the big point for me was when, as you said, when Ashley Klein pulled fucking Tatola out for basically ruffling a bloke's head. Like I know he slapped him on the top mm. of the head, but it was thanks, mate. You've dropped the ball. Yeah. It wasn't a strike. It wasn't. It was basically just ruffling someone's hair and going, ah, oh, fucking good on you, mate. You dropped the ball. And then Radley runs from 30 metres away to try and fucking be the tough guy and shake him, grab his jersey and shake him. How the fuck Tatola got 10 minutes? I've got <laughs> no idea whatsoever. Like, he tapped the bloke on the head and went, yeah, well done, yeah. you dropped the ball. Oh, you took it out of his hands by touching him after he dropped. Fuck off. It hasn't happened all season. What You've yeah. just got no idea what's going on here. You've got the shits because they're just belting fuck out of each other and there's nothing you can do to stop it. So you're just going to bin two like, like Radley probably deserved to go because it's his second time running in being a fuckwit from 30 yeah. metres away. But how Totola got sent for 10 minutes, I've got no idea because the ref lost control of the game. <laughs> as simple as that. Um, uh, Stupidity personified. What was it? I, I, that all being said, um, indiscretion aside, I thought Tommy Burgess was absolutely fantastic. He was. He Blake needs it. to fucking learn how to bend. Yeah. That, that's a big part. Like, just bend your hips, mate, and hit someone under the armpits instead of running in with your back straight and just fucking swinging arms and taking heads off. Because like, that, that's exactly what he did for both of those two the, Those two head eyes. He did not try to bend and make a tackle. He just ran in and went, I'm big and strong and fucking whack and hit someone straight across the fucking face <laughs> twice in the space of a minute and a half, two minutes. And then Tane Milne took two heads off as well, doing pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Coming in at a million miles an hour and not thinking about what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> Ollie? Well, I'm going to get all this shit out of the way first because, yes, it was an entertaining game, but the reason why it was entertaining too is because it was the first also, time we'd, we'd, see, we'd seen... I should do notes sometimes. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it, was the, it was entertaining because it's the first time we've seen it in at least five years, right? Yeah. A game like that. 
Uh, and, and there are people saying, like Braith and Asa, which, right, I'm bringing Braith, uh, the Braith back for a week and I'm giving it to Braith because he's like, we should see this every week. This is so entertaining. Right, right. Imagine also, double Braith. Braith can have two Braiths this week because he Braithed and um, apparently called out some 70-year-old fan online yep. and told him to, Be- because of to this, come to the game this, and he'll yeah. flog him or something. But, this, uh, no, allegedly, <laughs> like, well, he said, give yourself an uppercut and he said, come to the... Come this week and say it to my face. But the th- he also called out Kenty at one Jesus. point. I saw during 360. So I don't know. Maybe he wants a boxing match. But hey, there a- it is. A- imagine if every game, every round was that. People would get so no, sick actually, of it what would so Brave quickly. Say if, um, like if it, it would was, be shit. What would, what would Brave say if Cam Munster was the one sent to the bin and not, uh, sent to the HA and not James Tedesco? Mm. Do you reckon he'd be loving it? Well, well again, that's, 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 the, that's the conflict of interest, yeah, interest so if, as well. So in last year when. Um, Latrell broke Joey Manu's face, and it was Cam Munster instead. Would he be loving it? Like, yeah. and again, that, that's the thing. Like, imag- like literally, imagine if that was every game, every round. By the end of the Roosters Rabbitohs game, I was thinking, Jesus Christ, this game's gone on for so long because the game stops every two seconds. Like, you want to talk about an entertaining product, and like, literally, I guarantee, if that was happening every game, every week, eventually the game would die because people would be fucking well, sick of it and go, "Oh, this is shit." If that game was five thirty like, Saturday, yeah. The next game doesn't kick off till eight. If the same thing happens, the next game doesn't kick off till till half past ten. All of a sudden, you know, it, 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 let's say nine yeah, thirty, yeah. and all of a sudden, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, just kind of, oh, it, it. it's absolute lunacy, and I don't know. And uh, we'd end up with reserve grade yeah. bikes running around as well because everyone's yeah. either suspended and or a, got and their every, head and caved. And then the circle in. goes through, and everyone yeah. starts whinging at teams getting beat by. 16. And the thing is, too, right? Well, it, it's bullshit. Yeah. Roosters are coming last because all their blokes are suspended, but. Yeah, and even though it wasn't, right, let's just say the Cowboys v. Sharks game was just a tri-fest and no one could tackle or whatever. I would honestly rather watch that every game, every week, team scoring tries back and forth, putting their skill on show and their athleticism on show, than meatheads just barging into each other and fucking knocking heads and dying of C- I know I bring it up, but fuck, like, dying of CTE before the age of 40. Like, people actually think they want to see that and they're all most of them obviously the older fans who won't be around long enough anyway to see the game thrive in the future and they reckon it's dying because their game's dying but honestly this yeah sure once every now and game a game like this is different it's exciting it's entertaining because it you a, don't know what's going to happen but place in every week where, seriously yeah, it, it lo- and it doesn't and when it happens every week it doesn't mean anything it's no. when it happens once it means something if you get one of these games once a year not so much the sin bins but the everything else cool we have a look at Robbo's press conference and they all go lord him for saying, oh, he went out of his way not to blame the refs and blah, blah, blah. I guarantee you he would have gone into the sheds and he would have fucking ripped that forward pack apart and yep. just went, what the fuck yep. are you blokes doing? You just cost us a game. You did nothing but carry on like fucking school kids wanting fucking a punch up. Like when are you going to play footy? Like, we lost because fucking yeah. we couldn't do anything. and we, All we wanted to do was headbutt people this is and a classic, throw um, punches. But this is a classic fucking, like, um, Bill Harrigan origin from 15 years ago, which we no longer have, where you have the cattle dog or whatever. Everyone belts it. And, and, and Harrigan gets and the cattle and goes, all right, you got our system. Settle the fuck down Happens and move again. on. Yeah. And you know, that's what a lot of people don't realise. everyone stays in the yeah. field and, and then after that they play footy. Yeah. But when it kneels in the, and it, we saw it so often through the – it would escalate in things like Hindmarsh – Chasing down Ennis and all these sort of little, it escalates and escalates because little nigglers get away with it. Mm. And then, it, whereas if you just let everyone flog each other, they go, oh, pull my head in now and play footy. And and, yeah. And, and again, that's what a lot of people don't realize because, like, oh, I was like the old days, et cetera. That, that it's not, again, at least from what I've seen and how the game was, that's not like the old days. The old days, they, they'd stop it after a bit. Or if mm. 
in the old days, if shit like that was happening, about 10 blokes would have been sent off. Like, literally just sent. And they wouldn't have even said, like, I've seen clips of Bill Harrigan and seen games where someone's just done something, you just get, go. Like, yeah. there's no, there, there's none of this it, shades of grey, which we saw on plenty of occasions during this game. What I did like as well was that I, I don't think rivalries are sort of any different to normal games for the this most part is. these days. This, but this, this, this game, this seemed like it the intensity, the yeah, it, yeah. It, like an actual rivalry. Um, other than that, maybe the Cowboys and Broncos, but the Cowboys yeah. and Broncos, I'd say, not now, but a few Nine years ago. Nine times out of ten, when these two line up, there is fucking just... But, but, well, that's the thing. I, 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 but I, but I, the I thing suspect is, they're the only two clubs that... that Get like yeah, but the the, the, the reason I say the Cowboys and Broncos too is because it's an it's an added level. It's something different because they go out there and think, well, we really want to beat this team, so we're going to play at the top level and actually put on an amazing game. And that's that, that's at least what the Cowboys and Broncos were doing for a bit. And realistically, that's what rivalry games should be. You, you're putting in that hundred percent effort, and I said, you know, that skill and ability, which is what the Roosters should have been relying on to win this game, but they just weren't. And they they did fall into that trap. And at the end of the day, I don't think the Rabbitohs were much better, but they, they managed it a lot better. And You know look, how they were better? Luttrell and Walker didn't get... They actually yeah, didn't they get dragged didn't get put, into it. I uh, thought that... I was expecting it just to co- turn into an absolute fucking shit fight at about half time with Luttrell shirt fronting blokes and Walker throwing people to the ground and... Like it, it could have gotten even worse, to be honest. But those two kept their head for somehow. I wouldn't be surprised if Dimitri at the start of the game said, "Look, Bait I'm going to tell the Ford. No, I'll yeah. tell the Fords to handle the shit. You blokes have one job: is not yeah. get involved and just not to play involved. footy and yeah. win the game. And that's what they did. Those, they yeah. they kept going and they started to actually. The only team that was playing footy was Souths. And when they did, there was a couple of really nice moments where they put on some tries. That Latrell try where he just barged. That was sort of on the back of when all the shit started to erupt. They had 11 blokes on the field at the time. You've got to give them credit. I think five of the tries in this game were scored with With, one less player or two. It has happened. So from round one all the way through, I reckon if you went back and looked at it all, teams of 12 men have – Titans nearly won a game with 12 – they, if you went back and look through it, let's say there's, let's say there's been, I don't know, let's say there's forty sin bins this year. Yeah. I reckon teams have scored twenty six times. Yeah, I would, I've just made that up. There's probably a stat with you, but um, which is incredible. Well, you listen to a lot of the interviews that the players and do, I can't think of one game where they every okay. week they will have a twelve on thirteen opposed session with yeah. the reserve graders, and they get given ten minutes to play a man down or sometimes two men down, and. You know, the other team gets all the ball and you've just got to do your best. I, I can only think of two games where it's actually co- – like the the Cow- Canterbury-South game cost Canterbury. Yeah, it was about 18 points. Yeah, they put on 18 yeah. points. And I think there was a Tigers one against someone's shit. I think the Panthers put a fair few points on someone as well when they had a player down. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but apart from that, they, mm, for whatever reason, they yeah. score points. Well, in terms of the actual game and actual football being played, I thought Tedesco was probably overall the Roosters' best until he went off in that. I'm not for saying those it would 18 have, minutes? I'm not saying it would have won. He was looking really good, actually. Yeah, yeah, I'm not Chris, saying it would have won in the game. He had a couple of line breaks and he was causing yeah. problems through the middle of the field. And other than, yeah, other than Tedesco, was, though, there were plays good in areas. The problem that happened is once he went off, there was no leadership. Like, there was yeah, none. Yeah, yeah. And there was no one there to go, you fuckwits, and slap my head and say, just Settle down. Let's, let's play yeah. footy. Um, whether he would have brought it on, I don't, we don't know. But he has mm. captained, he will captain Australia, and he's yeah, captain he New he South Wales. So yeah. I assume he brings something to the table from that point the of view. The big difference, I thought, was Souths just had more players providing 
football than what the Roosters did. And, and again, um, that's what wins games. Yeah, football, like believe The Roosters' not. front row and bench were, you know, they probably won those battles in the middle of the field, but they ended up losing it because they losing lost the their heads and fucking they started with all the shit. Um, that was about it. The South, the South Halves were... And the majority of their back line were much better than well, the Roosters. I thought, I thought both South's edges were absolutely sublime. Yeah. And the back row line. was definitely better. Like yeah. the, the back row for South absolutely killed the back row for the Roosters. Doesn't help with when Angus gets knocked out and taken off the field, who mm. was playing oh, quite well. Yeah, so yeah, but, they did it. They were missing at one point Tedesco, I think Tedesco, Tupo, Crichton, and Takiaho. Mm. To H8, like. Take the, I don't care who, like, take them out of them playing against the Bulldogs. Yeah, absolutely. Struggled. We take your best back rower and your fullback out of any team and yeah. you're going to struggle to win. But I thought Tupu and Suwali were decent, um, but they didn't really have a lot of impact. Uh, Tupu because he didn't get a lot of ball and Suwali because he got pushed back to fullback and he didn't seem to really know how to get involved. That comes back to the Roosters' halves not getting him involved as well, um, yeah. which is, you know, a slide on them. But he doesn't have a passing game either, so you know, I know we've talked him up saying he could look like a fullback at some point. He needs a passing game before he's going to get anywhere near that kind of money, so we'll see where he evolves from. But um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a problem. I thought Hutchinson looked really good at the back end of the game for a bloke who was a hooker and then a halfback and then whatever else he's played during the year. I thought he looked like really the only scoring option for the Roosters late in this game. Um, and I thought he was really good. Um Siwa Takiaho was very good again through the middle of the field. His um, last game in NRL. Like, yeah. What's he doing? Why are strong they? as. I don't know how an NRL team didn't pick him up. And Verrills and that Butcher, they were their best by, by a fair bit. Uh, Campbell Graham was strong. Uh, he had a few defensive issues, but I thought he was quite good. Um, Alex Johnson and Tass were the big problems for the Roosters. They just couldn't seem to shut them down. Um, they're really quick, and when ball in hand, they're... They're good players. Uh, Latrell and Walker were very strong. But they sort of floated out of the game at different times. I thought Ilias was very good. One of his better games of the year. Um, still needs to work on his kicking game, but uh, it was decent. And so was his running game in this one. Uh, Keon, Murray and Arrow were the difference. Like That, that back row for, and for South dominated this game and they... They played some good footy. They didn't get involved in the shit, and they were just super strong for the eighty minutes, and they were the difference. Which is surprising from Jair, but yeah, kudos <laughs> to him. Um, yeah, yeah, the big lack of leadership. Like this was a game. Someone of a Luke Keary standard should have grabbed, like, been the one to take over and go right. Let's get back on track here. I think you've covered it pretty well. You got anything to say? I'd I don't want any lamentations to look on after this. Well, really, I guess the big positive, in for me at least, the big standout, as I said, in terms of the football game, from second row out for both sides for South Sydney were just nearly perfect. And the forward pack was solid. And I think you've got to give Cody Walker props as well for what he was able to do, being pretty critical, but... At the end of the day, that's sometimes what your wingman's all you need because since Latrell's been back, he's been great. So uh, I, I wouldn't say he's been great, but he's been a different player. Been though. Different he's player. been better. Yeah. From personal point of view, uh, I, I sat back. The, the first three tries in this game were Johnston, Crichton, Tupo. You probably got twenty to one for that, <laughs> and you wouldn't even have to think about it. Put that bet on. And I think sometimes people are too clever to 
for their own good, as I was. But then also I um, went and did put a winning bet on and put the wrong butcher brother in. I left two poo my, out. I put the wrong butcher brother right in my – um, I was sitting here um, with our good friend GT, a friend of the show, and put um, Egan in. Not Didn't – like just went bang, 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 didn't look. And I went, hang on, looked back at my bets and went, wait a minute. Wrong butcher. Nat starts, doesn't he? <laughs> yep. And there it was. It was only, it was only you know, a couple of grand different if you need it. Anyway, that's uh, apart <laughs> from that. Uh, Roosters move on from from here to to nowhere. Apparently, Sam Walker played with like a fractured arm, and Jared was yeah, all right. messed up. So there was yeah, had the injections they were in his wrist or something. Yeah, so they were tough. They'll be all well, you know. They'll be back next year. They'll lose Verrills, but they get cheese. They'll be back. Very very interesting. Like next year, when we do our preview show, there's nine teams you can see here and tell them we can win the comp, and I go okay. Well, next year they probably will win the comp because all three of us tipped them to win the comp this year. Well, it seems to be the pattern, which probably so. makes Raiders a good thing, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> but Raiders, like, it's so, like, from where we were a year ago where there was two chances to now, to next year when all, I think every team in the top eight, Melbourne's going to be probably worse off. Penrith will, Penrith yeah. will lose a, a peg. They might have six pegs up their sleeve, but they lose a peg. You lose Kikau and Appy, you lose something. Well, well I feel like Don't Penrith will be at the top on par with a couple of other teams. But that's what I'm saying. Instead so of above. I think yeah. what I'm saying, Cowboys will be better. Sharks will be better. Canberra will be better. Souths, we don't know. Roosters will be about the same. Like There's teams you make cases for. Canterbury will be better. Brisbane, Brisbane could be Brisbane better if they can actually now. hold. Brisbane, they can actually they hold. Could on be worse like, as well. They, they <laughs> could, but uh, they could be better. They so, could be better for the first time. In the Titans a could be better. So could the show, Tigers. For the first time since we're doing, yeah, like if you if the Tigers made be the, if the Tigers made the eight with a proper roster, you'd go, oh, okay. There's not um, Newcastle being one. Newcastle and St George are probably the only two that wouldn't uh, Warriors. And the Warriors, it wouldn't surprise me. I thought Cam Murray was the best player on the field. Oh, yeah, I thought he was the bloke that actually kept a lot of the South blokes in line because whenever you saw him in a huddle, he was the one telling them where they had to be and what they needed to do. Um, and he led with his actions. He was fucking fantastic on both sides of the ball. Uh, Matangi for two. Again, he wasn't um, being a monster like he has during the year, busting tackles and scoring tries and stuff, but he was fantastic in the work that he did. And then they either had Arrow or um, Nat Butcher for the one point. Mm, so. Probably go Arrow. We didn't even talk about Latrell. He was pretty good. He was, he was. He was good, but he, he we expect a certain level, right? He was still great, but... Okay, no, I think he, he kept good. himself he out of it right. just so he didn't get but he's still, uh, to that red his line. Was, you he, know he, what I mean? The last two weeks, his defence has been pretty good. And, he, um, you know, the trial was fantastic, you know, but... I think there was a few more occasions where he could have got involved, but I, I honestly think he purposefully he's, kept himself out of it to, to yeah. make sure he, he didn't get himself suspended. Or if, anyway, yeah. give it to Nat Butcher. Why not? You're right, because he had to really step up. I, like, I'll give it to Siswa almost here because he, like, he was good. Yeah, Siswa was very good. He, he would CSA, literally say. be the perfect signing for the Tigers next year. Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, yeah, he absolutely he, he would. He would be yeah, the yeah, perfect yeah, signing. Why do you think I'm saying about him leaving? Correct. Well, <laughs> you are did, surely the Tigers can do like a deal with Catalans or something, getting him on loan for a year or something. Because like literally, how just send him? Um, well, apparently the Tigers have got all this. Apparently the Tigers have all this money next probably year. Probably more because well, apparently. Like, why in there with, um, uh, like, with Pole and Ukutamani? 
teaching them I know. how I to know. be a fucking 10-year front row. There surely would have been one point where Jesus. an opportunity came up for the Tigers to sign him and some dickhead's just gone. They wouldn't even look at him because nah. they're dumb as shit. <laughs> I reckon if they'd really wanted to spend money properly, they could have probably signed Mo and Let's him. Let's talk and about this later. Yeah, this is for the bowl prediction <laughs> slash Christmas show. Where Let's there, wrap there, this will show be, there will be a, there will be a half-hour <laughs> section in the Christmas show where I'm blind drinking tequila. Crying uh, about... Talking about tequila. That's going to go for six hours, by the way. Like, honest to God. It, it probably will. But anyway, yes. we get to need to do a... Uh, a pot plant of the week. Are we just all all in on Waka here or what? <laughs> I'm going to go the Roosters because... Yeah, Victor we t- Radley. We, but again, we all tipped them at the start of the year. They... Now, Victor it. Radley, to run in twice from 15, 20, 30 metres away just to grab a bloke's jersey and shake it and get sent off. Yeah. Like, seriously, if you're going to go in there and that sneaky little punch thing that he got sent off for at the start... If you're gonna run, just fucking belt a bloke. Well, after you've already <laughs> been at least binned. put him out of the game because you're now you're gonna be Yeah, after you've already been beaten. He just absolutely lost any type of focus in this game, and even when he was on the field, he just did not seem to have any impact was whatsoever. It this, like, so. he actually feels people will sign him for, and he's gonna always have a job, and I hope he does. But he actually feels unemployable because he spends ten weeks of the year injured, injured, and eight suspended. weeks of the year suspended. And then the games he does play, he's usually in the bin. It's like you just got to have a bit more common sense. Uh, I'm going to give it to Waka Blake because I can. You got something? Well, I said the Roosters, but to add an extra run, Matt Moylan. And I'll add an extra run, Ashley Klein. Because you may as well just had a pot plant there, not blowing the roof whistle, and it would be more entertaining. Well, that's my slap, Ashley Klein, Get to that. in that game. And you may as well chuck Moylan in there too <laughs> because his defence is not good enough. He's going to be targeted in every game he plays for the rest of his career. He has been for the majority of his career, and I, I can't understand how. <laughs> it's just it, how there hasn't been something set up to make sure that he can fucking learn how to tackle or... Move him, put him, defend him in the wing for the fucking for the majority of the game. You know what I mean? Like just send him out there and bring Mulatano in there. He'd do a better job defending at mm. six. Like. Hit some people at least. <laughs> I'm going to slap. Uh, well, I'm going to extend it. I'm going to slap the NRL in the bunker for creating the mess that happened in that Sunday game. They were. They, they, this is a. This is their baby, and this is all it produces. And until they're going to fix their shit up, they may as well just get rid of it. That should just be done. Going, you've got 30 seconds and check a try and that's it. Move on. That's the whole reason it should exist for now because you're adding nothing else to the game. Players now lie down. Players don't even lie down. They just sort of hang around. They just stand up and stand there for for 20 seconds waiting for a replay. And they oh, okay, well, that's a penalty. We'll march up field. It's like it's how many times this year. Look at going all the way back to the – going all the way back to the year, but the, the Cowboys-Tigers game, the, there was a game the next week and then two games this week where something will happen and the refs just go – Hold the first thing to do is grab their ear. They don't blow a whistle. They just stand yeah, and grab yeah, their ear yeah, and go, yeah. oh, what do I do? What do I do? The, the NRL and, the, and the, whoever the – is it the Badgers? Whoever well, they, they go, no try, but I need to check offside grounding uh, if there was a knock-on yeah. in the play. And also check the offside. A knock-on and also, three tackles ago. Yeah, and also if he's yeah, falls yeah, on touch. Good. It's like just officiate and then you give the bunker 30 seconds. If they can't find a reason over rule, it's a try or vice versa. I, I love that, to be honest. Like, even a minute at the most. Like, you've got a fucking... It's a try. You've got a minute to prove me wrong. Yeah. Fucking, it's no try. You've got a minute to... And that's it. Because it's all I prove me wrong. like and going then, back to the DRS. It should be about the howler. So if you can go there and go, now nah, he's a metre offside. Bring it back. 
they should have three screens. One's the line, one's the grounding. They've got like 40 yeah. apparently in the bunker. Well, like, if they've so. got every angle, they go, oh, no, he's offside there. Bring it back, then we'll check it. Or he's offside, or, yeah, he, or he's got, knocked that on. Well, they give you 45 seconds to take a drop out. There you go. 45 seconds yeah, to definitively prove either way. And if you can't, that's okay, it. Done. That You don't get involved mm. at all anywhere else unless it's uh, – look, if he comes and knocks a complete bloke's head off, maybe oh, yeah, go and check and go, fucking elbowed well, can somebody you just check in it the doesn't? background? Yeah. Yeah. But apart from that, fuck off and leave the game alone. Well, it's story time with Ollie KD, baby, because <laughs> baby. fucking hell, this stadium down the road here, demolish it tomorrow as far as I care. I hope I never <laughs> go back there again, <laughs> ever. They shouldn't do They shouldn't do the whole thing where they built it on the paceway so they can still play there for two years. I was looking forward to having to go on a train to Parramatta. It's more worth it than this ground because... I've re- so I'm g- I'm going to be slapping people who think this shit stadium shouldn't be rebuilt and doubling down on people who are saying, oh, well, they better keep the fucking hill because he is the <laughs> thing, ladies and gentlemen. I have realised the reason why this dumb stadium is getting knocked down and rebuilt. It's absolutely fine for your average week-to-week game because they get about 12,000 there and that's manageable. This stadium is not built... To have a full crowd. 20k. It's yeah. not sustainable. It has literally three entrances. So I was with good friend of the show and guest host last week, Danan, um, heading to this game. And we went to one of the entrances. The line half an hour before the game was literally wrapped around the stadium. The cricket field. Yeah. Yep. Literally around the cricket field. So we go to the one at the southern end, Beer yep. Hill. It's long, but it's manageable. So we get in line... We get in. Now, is it, I don't know, what, whichever grandstand, so you got the Western grandstand, I think it's the Eastern grandstand where we sit. I, I could be completely wrong, but it was on the other side of where Beer, Beer Hill is. So I'm at Beer Hill here, the the, grand, uh, the grandstand's over here. So essentially I've got to walk through Beer Hill. I get in, it's packed. There are people lining up to get beers and snacks and whatever. And there's also a long line of people like myself who have decided to go through this entrance because the the other one was so fucking long so we could get to the other side of the grandstand and get to our seats. Was there any indication of order or was there anything put in place so that these people could walk through and get to their seat. No, it took me 20 minutes to fight through a bunch of people waiting in line to get pissed and people who were trying to get to their seat. You would think, right, this game sold out on Monday. You would think someone would go, oh, maybe we should put like at least a rope going along or something or clear some way so people can get through to their seat and not have to... around the back of the grandstand, mate. But no, well, you can't because there's security there because that's what they want to stop. That's what they want... At least you're at Sharp Park. What's now that? they've got the path that goes around it. A Sharp yeah, Park, you can go and yeah. you can walk through. Anyway. But, but the thing it's is... It's half a construction site now. <laughs> there's, anyway. li- there's literally like a, close to a thousand people trying to get through to their seat, like trying to get through and there's dickheads who go, oh, excuse me, sorry, and push in front. It's like, yeah, you're trying to get to the same fucking place as me. Don't excuse me and try and get in front of me. I'm trying to get to the exact same place as you for the same reason. So... It just pissed me off. This stadium needs to be knocked down. As I said, I've realised the exact reason why they're rebuilding this shit. And again, Penrith may not be good for the next couple of years, but you'd have to think at least next season they're going to be drawing huge crowds again and maybe the next couple of years. And if they remain on top, they need a stadium that facilitates a full ground, right? And that's the reason they're rebuilding it. I just wish it was sooner because that was absolutely shocking. It's probably the worst experience I've had 
at a sporting venue, not in terms of the game, but in terms of the facilities and actually maintaining them for and getting them ready for a game that you know has been sold out since Monday and it's Friday. Like, it was absolutely abysmal. Yeah, that's a lot And when you go and when you actually... Actually, has gone to Bankwest. It's amazing. Yeah, unreal. And if that was out here, I'll, I've said it before. If that was out here, I'd go every week and take my kids. Well, well that's it's the thing, right? When this yeah. stadium gets built, people are going to say, "Where's Bill Bear uh, Beer Hill? Why are the ten entrances when we're only getting half the stadium full for a game?" Well, because when it comes finals time, and you actually got to feel the fucking thing. Yeah, but it also won't they're, be about a shit to, fight. they're about to bulldoze Leichhardt, so you're going to pick up. Uh, you've got all the underage comps that need somewhere to play. You know those sort of things. It's another facility. Yep. Um, that brings money into the area and can be used. They do need parking. There is they need no the 3,000 fucking space parking. They need to actually bulldoze a paddock across the road and Absolutely put parking they in. Do, but that's yes. another story. <laughs> anyway. Well, that's my saluting. Salute. Are we saluting? I salute Ollie for a, a nice rant there. Well done. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm going to salute Nathan Cleary cause, uh, just because I doubted him all along and there he is. He's f- phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. 10 out of 10. I, I cannot give him a more of a rap than he producing that game. This is going to be a backhanded salute. I'm going to salute the Canberra Raiders for proving me wrong because it seems whenever I bet against them or I'm negative towards them, they do well. So have your salute. I salute you. You proved me wrong. You made the finals. Now go lose to Parramatta. You on can the backhand weekend. yourself. That's fine. <laughs> I'm going to salute Jason Tamalolo. I thought it was close to his best game in the last three or four years. If he's not there, the Sharks win, and I think they probably win comfortably, to be honest, because he was realistically the only one pushing that forward pack back, and he did it time and time again. I don't think there was a run during the game where he did not dominate when he had the ball in his hands, and it was a fucking brilliant performance from Tamalolo. Well said. On that note, Thanks for listening. This has been Footy and Frothy. We've managed to go 90 minutes for four games, so well done us. <laughs> uh, stick around. We've got a preview of the two semifinals and the awards show coming up. Find out who wins the uh, much-vaunted Dag EM and uh, much, much more. Team of the year. Jump on YouTube. Ooh. Footy and Frothy's on YouTube, Insta. Uh, you can follow Ollie on TikTok, I suppose. And there is also uh, rugbyleaguemerch.com. Go and buy shirts, hats, and all sorts of good things. Bye for now.